This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper and the Bust. Thanks. Hello and welcome to episode 579 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It's a Sunday fireside chat. It's July 22nd. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Nick Pollock. Nick, what's going on? What is happening? Yeah, we're back for another fireside. It's officially the second half now. We have... And we're well beyond the halfway point, by the way. Like oh, this right. Was, but this was one that, you know, with the season starting sooner, it's usually beyond the halfway point this one's like yeah super a, a, a good kick beyond the, but beyond we can that actually so. like say that without that you know addendum oh I, you know it's the second half like i'm 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 fine with it. i'm just letting people know in terms of like <laughs> sure what how much time they've got to catch up including in real life games not just fantasy the cardinals they're running out of time and they are in trouble and we're going to assess their forlorn rotation right now because it is it, it is rough it's troublesome, and injuries have obviously been been a key part, and they're going to have some things to answer. So we're just going to kind of run down where they're at. I'm going to start with the injuries, then we'll get into a couple things on guys we've covered, Miles Michaelis, Jack Flaherty, and then the Wild West that is the rest of their rotation. Yeah, I don't uh, – it's ridiculous. Carlos Martinez hit the DL with an oblique, which – they're hoping he just misses one start. That seems super aggressive because obliques are a nightmare. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, he went on the DL yesterday and they're thinking like the minimum. Right. Again, that feels super aggressive to me, but we'll see. Uh, I so mean, Carlos, go ahead. With, with Carmart, I, uh, you know, I was, I wrote about him because, you know, I had that roundup piece where I only had two pitchers to talk about from Thursday. So obviously I'm just going to do a massive deep dive on them. Of course. And with Carmart, I don't love his whole approach anyway before this injury. It's been that, rough. That cutter, yeah, I understand that he's had some success with it, but it's not really that good. And his slider is not nearly the pitch it used to be. It was supposed to be the slider changeup, supposed to be these two great whiff pitches, and neither of them have had a whiff rate above 15% this season. And that's not right, especially if you're going to introduce a cutter that is supposed to be, you know, the, the strike getting pitch. Normally yep. we see like secondary pitches lower the whiff rate because you know what? They need to get them in the zone a bit. Fine. Mm-hmm. But when you have that pitch to do that for you, shouldn't the slider and change of all of a sudden become these like 20% with free pitches? And they weren't. You would uh, think slash hope. Yeah. So it's, it's just not really making sense to me. And then the bleak injury happens. And I guess that's kind of like, Oh, all right. This is maybe why 
he wasn't as good. I don't really yeah, buy that. But... Some explanation for it, but it hasn't been a great season. Right. You can look at it, 339 ERA. Don't get too confused by that, though, because you see a 139 whip. You see a big drop in the strikeout rate for Carlos Martinez from 25 down to 21%. And, you know, again, we talk about ERA whip combos that don't marry. Which one is going to correct? And for me, it's it. If he continues as as he's going when he gets back, then Carlos Martinez's ERA is going to go up. Not the, the I don't right, see yeah, the right. whip coming down to match the ERA. So there's concern about him even when he's pitching. But he's gone with an oblique, and again that timetable, and that seems laughable to me because then you have Michael Walker who's already been on the DL with an oblique and is still expected out from uh, until from mid to late August somewhere in that range right. that they're talking about, and he went on. Um, a month ago, literally a month ago, I think it was June 22nd that he went on, somewhere about there. So he's already been on a month, and they've already got him on for maybe another month, and they're talking. Listen, I understand that not every strain is the same, and just because it's oblique strain doesn't mean that it's going to be the same thing as what Waka has, but they're never. I'm never uh, happy when I see an oblique strain. I'm always going to be super nervous about that. So with, with this timeline with Martinez, I don't buy it. Waka mid to late August now. So, the, and the, he was pitching well for them too, but it was also a little like, uh, you got a 320 RA, 123 whip. There was some good stuff, but it was always a little bit nerve wracking with Waka sure, as yeah. well. So I'm not even sure that when he comes back, he's locked down for him. Right. And uh, about the obliques, I actually remember, I think Ian Kennedy having something where he said, Oh no, just one start. And he actually did come back. And then now he's so like super on the DL now. Because, you know, they shouldn't even brought him back for that. Yeah, so because this never works that. out well. No, no, it terrifies me. And then Wainwright, we're not going to get into much. Um, he's on a deal with his elbows, but sometime in August doesn't really matter. He, yeah. He's not Wainwright anymore. So that that's that's not something that's going to save them, even if he returns and pitches to the best of, of his current abilities. So that's where you're at with the injuries. We've got Miles Michaelis, who we've spoken well about, but I just had a podcast with Justin where I was tabbing him as a as someone to to watch out for, uh, to maybe kind of uh, move on from a little bit and and maybe sell if you can because while I like a lot of the stuff he's done, a 2.79 ERA is just in no way, shape, or form sustainable. So one of my bold predictions was that he finishes the second half uh, outside of the top 50 right. uh, starters. And, and so it's not the worst bold prediction. I'm not against that necessarily. Just uh, that yeah. much contact. It's it's just worrisome, and it is as straightforward as saying when you allow that much contact, everything has to go well. Right. And if you're a Cardinal this year, you don't get everything to go well. He's the only one who's basically had everything go well. So Michaelis does worry me in the second half a little bit. That's the bold prediction, but the kind of like, you know, more level-headed prediction would be to put him in, you know, maybe top 35 or, or later. Like, I'm going to move him down. He's 24th on my current list. A lot, a lot of that is nobody else to put. Sure. Like yeah. he kind of moved up and you talk about this with your rankings. Guys move up or move down because of people around them, not so much of what they've done. And I do have Michaelis as a must start because if you have him, there's no way you can be sitting him right now. Right. But I do think you start to say, okay, I've really got – I've banked 119 strong innings here. I don't want the bottom to fall out. I've gotten so much greatness from Michaelis. Maybe start to move him. Maybe now, look to do something with this. Now we talked about him in our rankings debate back in, I believe it was May, mm -hmm. uh, where I was the one defending Michaelis, and you were the one against him, and I mean, I I have him right now at 32, I'm probably going to move him back towards where Keuchel is at 39, I see them pretty okay. similarly, 
Uh, wh- the one thing that I was saying back in uh, back in May is that I expected his whiff rates to go up a little bit because the slider is really good, and that should be a pitch that gets him more. However, and he's not a soft tosser either. Like that's the thing with Michaelis. You see a low strikeout rate. I I know that people out there assume that he's like some junk balling soft tosser. He's got some. No, he's got, he's got some stuff. He's got some overpowering stuff. And he's got a good fastball. You know, he has that curveball that he gets for strikes a little bit, and I I just saw something that I have to verify. Okay. Yeah, he had okay. He had one whiff total in 94 pitches in a start at the end of June, which is yeah. just that's just wrong. <laughs> that shouldn't happen. Yeesh. I saw it at zero percent here on Fangraph, so I had to double check that one. Um, but yeah, he hasn't had over 10 percent in his last five, and the one before that was 10.2 percent. So he hasn't taken that step forward that I wanted him to. Uh, it's still very good. Um, his curveball has been a little questionable more often than I would like, but. Very good fastball, very good slider. I, I don't think he's, I mean, you, you made it a bold prediction because it is bold outside mm-hmm. the top 50. I can see it. Obviously, I don't really expect that because I think he still has the stuff to, I, uh, he has, a lot of times we see guys that are going to fall off when they don't have a supporting cast to help when something goes wrong. Exactly. I don't think that's the case with Mikolas. He does have three pitches that are very good fastball, slider, and curveball that he can at any time throw for strikes. And doesn't and walk anybody. With. Right. And I Which think because, like, if one game he doesn't have his slider, I think he can be okay with his fastball and curveball. Mm-hmm. And it won't be that complete fall off. So, I, because of that, I think his floor is higher than most. Also, as of course, as you mentioned, the walk rate. Uh, but yeah, he, he's not going to take that leap that I thought with the strikeout rate. And that, of course, means that he needs to fall a bit. Yeah, and so that's kind of where we're at with Michaelis. So they're not going to get a repeat out of him, which they would desperately need to kind of stay afloat given the way everything else is. Uh, Jack Flaherty we've talked about uh, quite glowingly a few different times here. Obviously, the, the rookie's been great, but he's now the number two. You know, you're not, it's not – it's not um, – you know, getting surplus from a number four starter when you've got him beasting. Right. Now you have it in a situation where he needs to perform. He needs to keep up a 29% strikeout rate, 315 ERA, 111 whip if they want to have any prayer at contending. And I look at Jack Flaherty and I, I love what he's done. And I think there's there's still a lot to like. I'm not too worried about him. I'm trying to see where I had him on the uh, – he looks good for innings limits. He should be all right because he threw a bunch of innings last year, uh, a total of 170 when you add his minors and majors. So there's yep. no reason they should have to be super cautious with him. So that's one benefit that we found so far with the Cardinals <laughs> is that they won't have to really super restrict Jack Flaherty. But – he can't do it all by himself. Do you still like Flaherty for the second half to be a, a prime fantasy asset? It's amazing that he's my number one Cardinal now. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah, I, I really love his slider. It's a fantastic pitch. 24% owes us swing strike rate. He doesn't have the 40% zone rate, so he's, it's not a big quite ah, money not pitch. Not quite a money uh, pitch. But 45% owes swing, uh, 183 allowed batting average. It's fantastic. Uh, and I do like that he's starting to move away from his sinker a bit. The last two starts have been kind of same as the rest of the year, but before that, it was about five starts of well underneath 15% usage, and that's his worst pitch to me. Uh, he doesn't have that curveball or, or changeup that I, I would love to see, like I'm talking about with Michaelis having more options when something doesn't go right. But mm-hmm. his slider has been so good and so consistently good that he's able to maintain that 12.5% uh, whiff rate overall. And I'm not worried that it's he's going to lose it in a given game. Uh, so just that fastball slider makes him... I mean, he's at 29 right now. I'm so tempted to put him closer to 25. I really just love his stick. 
See, that that's where I'm going to be with Flaherty and, and Michaelis. They're going to kind of switch spots just to convey my my slight concern with Michaelis and, and show my commitment to Flaherty when I do an update. I'm going to do an update uh, August 1st, right after the trade deadline. <laughs> I mean, we'll I'm, see I'm, how you things say move. your commitment. I'm like, I'm envisioning you saying, babe, let's talk. I'm committed. You know, I'm committed I, to I you, want to Jack. get a dog. Let's do it. Let's I, get a dog. Let's get a dog. I'm not seeing Miles anymore. <laughs> I haven't texted him once. <sighs> It's all you, Jack, because you're literally the only uh, super <laughs> reliable asset. Uh, again, Michaelis is too, and it was just a bull prediction. So I want to be clear that I'm not right. seeing him as to- as outside the 50 on a normal basis. That's just kind of the what we're saying. All right, so let's kind of talk about these the, this group of guys that's now going to be asked to fill in, and they're going to need to kind of to pitch their best ball if this Cardinals team is going to stick around and we'll mine any fantasy value here and see it's going to be tough to find mixed league value but let's talk about John Gant first right um he's got a wacky wind up that I know from MLB the show John Gant's very popular <laughs> in MLB the show because he does like this this double pump wind up it's got weirdness and he has a Vulcan change two things you don't see a lot so people like to use him uh in one of the game modes his Vulcan change is the best pitch, but the fastball has been better than ever this year. It's actually got a 5.5 PVAL. Small sample. I wonder if there's anything uh, going on there with Gant's fastball that could ca- carry him with the changeup. Not a great profile to back the 317 ERA, 115 whip. I do like the spike and swinging strike rate, though, because it suggests that maybe there's more to this 20% strikeout rate. He has a 12% swinging strike for John Gant. So is there anything here with a 25-year-old uh, – I think right-hander John Gant. Yes, righty. Well, okay. So his changeup is really good, that Vulcan. Mm-hmm. I There's been actually a lot of conversation in the uh, community. Ah, I have to say Discord channel now. Yes. I Yeah, for a pitcher list, well, we have like a community channel. It used to be Slack. We just moved over to Discord last night. Good move. Uh, hopefully, you guys can, can join that. It's awesome. Spore's there. You're there. I'm in. I'm you in. Po- you popped in. I made a nice role for you. Uh, oh, uh, see what my guest is. expert. Yes, I love it. <laughs> but uh, but no, Dan McNamara from that was asking a question about splitters, saying like, do you normally go away from guys with with splitters in their repertoire because it's one of the most inconsistent pitches out there? And I would group the Vulcan change in that because that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, uh, it's a split change where you're making the Vulcan side and sticking the ball into it. Yep. Um, I knew some guys in college that did that. I kind of did that myself, but I didn't use the middle. And the ring, I just used the, my index finger. I pretty that much like a splitter. Seems like it would hurt so much. I know. To well, you consistently gotta, throw it to do as this, a true Vulcan. You have to. It's, essentially, anytime you're sitting in the dugout, you just have a ball and you just hold yep. it in there. And you just stretch out your fingers over time. Um, I mean, that's what I would do in the dugout. We I, were talking grips last night on the stream, actually. And nice. talking about Vulcan change and and split fingers. And like I was... I kept putting the ball in there and just doing that for like 10 minutes, jamming it in there. I was already feeling it on my fingers. All right. Yeah. And you're talking about throwing like 25 of those pitches uh, in a game and, and, and obviously kind of doing that grip all the time. I'm sure your hand gets used to it, but it was like, it's a lot oh, to yeah, bury definitely. it back in the webbing of your fingers like that. No, this is years. Any, literally any single time I'm in a dugout, I just had a ball and would just put it just in my hand, put getting it. Because you, yep. you have to get it used to that because it is jarring right away. Oh, so it's incredible. But anyway, I agree so that, with the volatility, by the way, of Vulcan changes and splitters. Right. Splitters often prone to homers. When they're on, they're unhittable. Yeah, exactly. They're off home run fest. Now, he's been doing a great job with it. That's the real uh, catalyst for this, this strike hits, rate. Now, his, uh, Gant's slider is terrible. Yes. Uh, I, I, watched, I watched this uh, the Cubs game yesterday, 
And it was just so bad. Uh, it's funny it's because just, it's a sub. Okay, he's only throw 49 of them. I normally yeah. don't see numbers like this on a pitch. Uh, where it's about it's a 26% zone rate, a 28% O swing, but a 16% whiff rate. It it doesn't really make the, sense. Who are the clowns that he's yeah, fooling right? with? <laughs> I mean, it's it's inconsistent. Is really what it is. I remember seeing yeah. like a, he got out with Addison Russell. He just hung the top of the zone. And you'll see like, the really? cement mixers, yeah. You'll and you'll see ones like that. And I think that pitch right there is a great microcosm of how. Uh, it doesn't always have to be good to get good results. A, a, a pitch. You can see a pitch that is a complete mistake and it can still fool a hitter on a given situation. Right. And so we're seeing some of that yeah, with Gantt Slider, but it is not trustworthy. This is not a pitch that's going to continue for it to have no. any success. This curveball is okay. It's a strike getting pitch. It's not something that's going to miss pass. He's not going to turn to this for strikeouts unless it's to surprise them. And I don't really think that it's so good that they won't be able to foul it off. So Agreed. it's really dependent on that changeup. The fastballs you're saying has a lot of success this year. I uh, I saw it yesterday. I, I saw him mixing between a four seamer and two seamer. There's some saying that he yeah. doesn't even throw a two seamer. I uh, I I mean I, it could just be the the four seamer where he get, gets on the side of it and he has that wonky wind up that makes him throw about three quarters as opposed to more over the top. I I don't love it. I mean it, it's coming in pretty hard, which is nice, like ninety three, ninety four or so. Yeah. He, he throws a you know it's, a- it's average fine. It, I saw him try to do backdoor two seamers a bit, and he got hit pretty easily. Uh, it's kind of like the problem that Shane Bieber has. It's actually the the main point of the Noah Syndergaard piece that I put out at the beginning of the year about why he has a bad BABIP because he tries to to do this in the outside corner. Guys could just lay out the bat and think it out. Him. Yep. But so I I don't really love his four seamer approach at the moment, and I don't think he has the command of it. Like, I've been really excited about, say, Mike Soroka, about yes. how he's able to move it around when he's healthy and how you can have so much success just with your your fastball. Nick Kingham, at times, has done that, too. Uh, I did not night. see that with, with Gant. Yeah, he was so good last night. That two-run homer just killed me. Uh, he had under 80 pitches into the seventh, but whatever. It's fine. We're not talking about him. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so Gant, I mean, what what do you see here? Maybe some NL-only value? No, I, I can see him as a streamer. It's, okay. not out of, it's not out of the question that his changeup is very good on a given night. And against a bad team, he's able to you know go five and change. I don't really see him as a six to seven inning guy. Uh, I, don't, I don't see him pushing a six plus IPS. Uh, but going into the uh, into the six with that changeup, getting five, six strikeouts, I think that's plausible to me. Okay. So John Gant's somebody that you could look to maybe stream in the right in the right situation, uh, NL only. Uh, definitely jump on that and maybe hang on to him for for an extended period here because he could get some actual burn because as we oh, yeah. cover, their their, their rotation no right now is rough. Let's see who he gets next week since he started yesterday. He's going to be oh kicking it off against the Cubs this time at home, uh, or not kicking it off. He, he's the second game uh, on Saturday against the Cubs. Um, yeah, no, thank you. I don't think so. Not even at home. I would really want to start that one. So uh, let's talk about the guys who could be starting this week because right now they have two open spots and it, it could go to three guys, two, two of three guys. The first one is Daniel Ponce de Leon. Amazing, amazing last name, obvious. <laughs> well, it's funny because it's uh, all one. It's all name. it's all smushed together. Do not <laughs> do not spread it out. It's Ponce de Leon. Oh, and uh, he was in the others of note prospect. He's a little bit – for for our prospect list from Eric Long and Hangin. He's a little bit older. Um, he did have a situation where he was hit in the in the back of the head, right. in the back of the head with a line drive. And um, 
you know, it was really serious. He had to go to the hospital. He had, I think he had to have surgery. It was terrifying. Right. He's come back from that and gotten back on track in a big way. He's, a, he's actually been excellent this year in 92 minor league outings, 26% strikeout rate, 215 ERA, 124 whip. He's a big-time home run suppressor, uh, has been his, his whole career, and, and really is this year as well. He's never been above .6, and this year he's at .4 homers per nine. This is uh, Daniel Ponce de Leon that we're talking about. Uh, let's see here. And he's always been tough to hit as well. Three of his last four stops, he's had a sub-200 average, and he's had a 224 in the other one of those. So there's some interest. There's some intriguing stuff here. We'll see how it plays. He is a 26-year-old, so he's going to come a little bit more ready-made. Do you see anything here with Ponce de Leon that, that gets you interested? Man, I, I'm I'm super curious because I, I hear I, – I see this line from, from Eric. It says, above average downhole fastball. Mm-hmm. And – I used to be really excited about that. And that's part of the reason why you're going to see the home run per nine suppression, I would imagine, because everything is going straight down. It's harder yep. to get the lift on it for that. Uh, but I used to be all for this, you know, higher ground ball rates. And that's kind of how you breed success is you get grounders, you shoot knees, as we used to say. Yeah. I don't like that anymore. I don't like that in the landscape of hitters. So, but, but if he is uh, downhill like that, you can adjust that as opposed to going knees, you can go stay up. And that is really deceptive too. If you have, if you're on top of it a lot, you can get a lot of, uh, you can get a lot of deception up in the zone. And a deep breaking curveball is the other, the adjective, I guess, for his curveball. Deep breaking. Deep breaking. And nice I can see that break. playing really well. If you're going downhill yeah. with a fastball and all of a sudden now you keep it curving and curveball specifically, if you have, if you are getting a better downward play on your fastball, you get more deception with your curveball because it doesn't look, it's not as obvious with the hump right away that it's going to be as it's coming out. So that yeah. could be a really effective thing. And I'm kind of excited. I, 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 I see a guy that, you know, has had some success. He's, his whiff rate is about 11% with a 26% K rate this year in, in 2018. Walk rate 12%, which I don't like. That's a little scary. No, that one's tough. I, uh, but I'm curious. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what, what we'll get. I mean, I expect him to be the guy. Uh, it comes up. He's going to get one of the starts for sure. He has to. I, I think. Uh, it no hasn't been locked. Um, it, it hasn't been you know, 100% locked and loaded, but I feel confident on it. Now, and go ahead. No, I would just say that this, from what I'm seeing here, this does seem like a guy that will have one good start. Everyone goes, oh man, this guy's amazing. This is great. And then freak out. Freddie yeah. Peralta of like four walks the next game and under sure. four innings or something. And you're like, oh, what was I thinking? Pardon me, there is some there is some stuff locked in here. It is gonna be Ponce de Leon on Monday and then Gomber on Tuesday. Austin oh, Gomber is so gonna go transition. on Tuesday. That's a nice yeah, we were gonna talk about uh Dakota Hudson. Uh he was in the mix, but he's not gonna get I'll just say briefly on him, number thirteen prospect, six five, two fifteen. Big home run suppressor himself, just one in hundred and eleven innings this year, point three in two hundred and seventy seven career innings, also a big ground baller. So if Dakota Hudson comes up, look for that. But for now, let's focus on uh De- Ponce de Leon and then Austin Gomber, a lefty who you're gonna love this, was number sixteen in uh Eric's list for the Cardinals. He has a fastball that plays up to deception with the ball suddenly appear from behind his head, much as it does for Yankees left-hander Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> Anytime you invoke the name of Jordan Montgomery, oh, you're going man. to catch the eye of one Nick Pollock That's and one Paul Sporer. Uh, so you got an- another big guy here, the Gomber, 6'5", 235, 
Um, he's had a mixed bag in 14 relief innings. Nothing that I really want to go off of too much. I look at his 68 minor league innings at AAA, 27% strikeout rate, 7% walk rate, uh, 12% swinging strike, 30-42-124 ERA whip combo. There's a little something here. I mean, you know, he's not worthless. I, I think I think he throws about 93-94. That's out of the bullpen. Let's see if he can keep that velocity. I don't know. I, I don't know that it's going to be much different than Ponce de Leon in terms of the assessment where he could have a good start. I don't want to freak out. I think there's some some maybe deep league NL only sort of viability for both of these guys here, but I don't have a whole lot. What, what do you think about Austin Gomber, who's going to start Tuesday? Austin Gomber, I can see, you know, he has that changeup and a curveball that he could play off of each other. It, like that Jordan Montgomery, very downhill. And yes, it is very similar uh, wind up from it. I mean, I, I think honestly, you don't go after this, of course, considering he has been stretched out whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, so you like a four inning start. Yeah, you can't really depend on that because of it. Uh, at the very least, like you wait for two weeks until you make an action on it. I. Uh, at the same time, the Cardinals are in this really weird state that if you're thinking about late August and you're like, I don't know, do I just need starts in my NL only league in the head to head playoffs? Maybe Gomber has some sort of return. Don't be, you know, you're going to look at his stats and see 17% K rate with a 14% walk rate, but don't forget that he also had 11 starts in AAA this year with a 26% K rate and a 7% walk rate. So. Exactly. So I wouldn't. Really, I would take that with a grain of salt. Those fourteen innings for the Cardinals this season. Uh, I I kind of like him. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of think that there is something here. If he does get stretched out, and become a starter, uh, See, definitely more than Dakota. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that more more than Dakota Hudson. In fact, so I'm glad Gomber's getting it. I think Ponce de Leon. Here's the thing too, and I know you got to be careful on anything like this because it's not a uh, locked in numbers thing because I haven't done the analysis. But Cardinals, when they bring up guys, I always take a look. Because they are a good development team for sure. It's a, a lot of times it's with hitters, but I think just across the board, when they bring up prospects, um, and not just their top ones, but even kind of their mid-tier guys, I keep an eye out because they've right. they've they've had a history of development that's going to make me interested. So I like seeing that Gombers had. Uh, a 12% swing strike rate or better everywhere except one time, a 19-inning stint at Double A in 2016 where he was at 8%. And like you said, the, the 27% uh, strikeout rate at Triple A this year. This is this one actually intrigues me maybe a little bit more than Ponce de Leon too because we've seen Gomber in the majors. Maybe the nerves are going to be a little bit more cooled. Ponce de Leon is looking to make a, his, his major league debut, so I could see the nerves amped up a little yep. bit particularly for this first start. But I agree with you more on, on Gomber saying you probably don't even want this start because we're talking four, right. maybe five if he's really going and can squeeze out that out of 75 pitches or whatever they might limit him to. But going forward, Gomber could have a little bit more added appeal and then start to meander into some mixed league capability. So Gomber's the one I'm keeping a closer eye on despite Ponce de Leon with that excellent name. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right to me. Uh, I would say short term, and let's say like two starts. Ponce de Leon obviously has a has more upside to him just because he could go six theoretically. Yeah. Uh, but right, I think the long term play, yeah, Gomber's he's interesting. I gotta say, I don't hate his shtick, and it's also it's like Jordan Montgomery a bit, but he also he throws a, it harder. Yes, uh, he throws you know ninety three, ninety four. I mean, it is as a reliever. Let's maybe see, we'll if see if that comes down. Yeah, right? he might be right at Jordan Montgomery, but that. 
Uh, seriously, putting that name intrigues me. We both love the Dom. <laughs> we were so bummed. Uh, the, we got man, hurt this year. the bear is so good. And the bear, the bear so will good. be back. Don't worry. So he was, uh, he's yeah. in hibernation. They're both starting at Cincinnati, by the way, for this week. Right. And then uh, Ponce de Leon will get a two start if he if he sticks, and then get the Cubs start on Sunday. So that's a I rough two start to come into going to into Cincy against that good offense, and then home against the Cubs. So it might be something where you get them if you like one of them, get it now and put it on your reserve. But I'm not trying to really start either this week. One last note. This is intriguing. I just noticed okay. this. Uh, this is on uh, Ponce de Leon. For a guy that has a .39 homer per nine in the minors this year, 92 innings, he has a 50% fly ball rate. What? Yeah. Okay, so that – And only a 29% ground ball rate. So all I'm thinking here is it's just pop-ups galore? I got it. It's got to be because if you look, his homer to fly ball rate is always tiny. Throughout his career, too, by the way, yeah, but and this fifteen percent jump. No, I know, that, and this is wild though, with the uh, with the ground ball rate being so low yeah. for Ponce de Leon. He's usually been at least in the forties earlier in his career. He was in the fifties, and then the, and then we're down to twenty nine percent. Something happened. Something that we're not because the, the thing we're reading is from Eric in in November of last season, and well, something happened this year where he uh, maybe he added out. something, maybe his approach changed. We've got maybe, the info fly. It's maybe. 31%. Maybe he did what I was saying. Working up? Yeah. And not trying to get that downward plane? Right. I'm actually really eager to watch. Now, now I'm so curious. I want to see if he can maintain this is a game keeping the ball in the yard. Because <laughs> it's wild. And it is a 31% infield fly, like you mentioned. So he is getting a ton. That's 36 infield fly balls. Okay. So if I had to make a guess, the this minor. would be four seamers coming up and into left-handers. Yeah. And not shying doing this essentially everything is inside to both sides of the plate. Yeah, that's just, what just, my guess would be. It would have to be. Right? I didn't oh, wow, I saw the home run suppression. I didn't see the ground ball was I know. well you would think so that with such a low hard. home run burnout, you know, you would think that that would come with a massive ground ball rate. No. I am so intrigued now. This is gonna be a fun two days. All right, so we're gonna keep an eye on both Ponce de Leon and Gomber. Uh, NL only, again, you might want to go ahead and speculate ahead of time, get them on the cheap, maybe stash them. Um, mixed league, I don't think you really have to make any action right now. I don't think, right. especially like a 12-teamer where you might be able to stream them, you can wait to see. Desperate uh, stream tomorrow against the Reds for possibly on definitely not against the Cubs. No, no, I would agree with that. Right. Uh, all right, Nick, that's going to wrap us up on the Cardinals. Um, this was fun. This was a good yeah. one. Was an interesting one. Sorry, Cardinals fans, we didn't have better news, but uh, we did start to get a little hype on on Ponce de Leon and Gomber. So if one of them comes through, and again, Cardinals Devil Magic is a you know Twitter thing for a reason because they always find a way. And so I wouldn't even be shocked if two of Gant, Ponce de Leon, and Gomber were all of a sudden like solid and like really filled filled the gap while they wait for Martinez and Walker to come back. I will say though, looking at it right now. It does seem a little bit bleak. Yeah, a little bit. So, all but, right, Nick, uh, have a good have a good day today. I'm not gonna say what you do. I'm not. I don't want to put you on blast. <laughs> no, oh, I appreciate gonna, that, Spore. I'm gonna say it. No, you're not. No, you okay, can't. I won't. You can say. You got no, banned. No, I've I, got, you should be I've proud. Got band practice. Yeah, you made fun of yourself. You're like, I, I have a band <laughs> practice because I'm so cool. I was like, no, that is cool. You have Nick has a band. It's and not he's got trumpet band or something. It's no, 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 no. It's not. It's not high school band. It's a, it's a rock band. And so he's got practice, and so that's why we're recording a little bit early. I'm happy to accommodate, dude. Oh, it's, it's no no problem at all. So, uh, good luck at practice, and you and I will talk next week. Yeah, this has been a great fireside. I'll talk to you then. 
Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android. 